here. You've got such tremendous examples that have gone before you, praise God, and have led the way, amen. We said it this morning, Hebrews says this, that you can follow the faith of people whose outcome is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. You need to follow the faith of those people who have proven that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He is not changing with the times. Amen. You know, I like what uh, I heard somebody say years ago, and I've, I've always loved this, this phrase. It said, uh, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? I'll say it again. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? In other words, he doesn't just all of a sudden go, oh, didn't see that coming. Right? Nothing has ever occurred to God. He is the one who was and is and is to come. Amen? Praise God. He's not a has-been. He may be ancient, but he's not old. Amen? He's the same. Yesterday, today, forever. Hallelujah. His word is just as relevant as it's ever been. Glory to God. It answers every need. Hallelujah. Answers every question. Praise God. And the people who want to say it doesn't say what it says are deceived. <laughs> Amen. And uh, Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees at the time, he said, you know, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, but they all point to me. They all point to me. Amen. Everything still points to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is the word made flesh. And God doesn't want to do life to you. He wants to do life with you. Amen. And so religion, all, all the time, religion will always want to separate you from God. Religion always wants to put God way up here and us way down here. And there's just such a gap that you'll just never quite get there. Amen. But Jesus came as a man. Praise the Lord. Because he had to come as a man to experience everything that a man experienced. Take the place. Amen. Take our place. Praise the Lord in exchange with us hallelujah and the gospel is enough i'll say it again the gospel is enough glory to god it is the power of god unto salvation amen the blood of jesus glory to god the blood of jesus took care of things hallelujah amen praise god and the blood is still powerful today it answers every need. What Jesus took on himself, our sin, our sickness, our disease, our emotional distress, mental disorders. Amen? Come on, everything. He answers everything. Hallelujah. Amen? I, I, I have, you know, ministered uh, for the most part uh, these days in the last several years, but ministered really mainly on healing and uh, so I, I come in contact, and I've always been fascinated, really, with, with the human body and God's healing power. And, and uh, you know, I like to watch medical shows, and I like to watch operations and stuff like that, and all the gross stuff, you know, because it's fascinating. 
how God made us. Amen. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. And he, he made us to, to heal. He made our immune systems to fight sickness, to fight disease. Amen. Praise God. And so when I come across folks who, are, who have needs, and you know, we've, we find so many people in the scriptures and find so many people in the gospels that Jesus ministered to that had issues for years. Years. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. Woman with the spirit of, of infirmity, what, 18 years? Uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years. People born blind, born with this, born with that. Come on. Amen. Years of issues. And so I find that people have dealt with things for years. Believers are dealing with things for years. Amen. But Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, 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 forever. Amen. And so I'm coming across folks who are having issues and having problems and was in a car accident 15 years ago and dealing with neck problems and arthritis and all that kind of stuff. Or I injured myself playing football or I did this or I did that. And, and suddenly somehow we're supposed to hang on to stuff because it was our fault. People will say, well, I, you know, I injured myself doing this. So I, you know, I, you don't have to live with it because you caused something. Amen. Even Domino's Pizza will remake your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's your fault, they said. Bring it back. We'll remake it. Amen. <laughs> so I, I, I come in contact with folks all the time that, that you know, they, they practically hush hush when they say what it is. You know, it's cancer. Such reverence for disease. Amen. Mental illness. I, I'll, can I just be super honest with you tonight? I have no respect for sickness. I have compassion for people dealing with illness. No matter what the illness is. But illness is illness. And the devil's a thief. He doesn't play fair. He's relentless. Amen. And a thief does not need an open door. People say, well, I probably opened the door somewhere. Where did I open the door? And they, they spend half their time thinking where they opened the door. But a thief doesn't need an open door. He doesn't go, oh, the door's locked. I guess I'll go somewhere else. No. <laughs> right? He comes to steal to kill and to destroy. Amen. He doesn't play by rules. But thankfully, the greater one on the inside of us, amen, he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome. Amen. Hallelujah. So we partake in his victory. Amen. But we've got to agree with him to do it. Amen. I said, we've got to agree with him to, to do it. And by that, I mean, how many things do we, we, we just think and think and think and think and think of all the obstacles and we think and we Google and we, you know, because, you know, the Bible says in James, is any sick among you? Let him Google. Because <laughs> isn't that what people do now? Get a symptom, Google it. 
Got a pain? Google it. Well, heaven forbid we go to the Word first. I feel mean on unbelief tonight. Is that all right? Sometimes we just need to check up. Amen? We need to check up. Praise God. I know my mic keeps cutting in and out. That's my fault. It's my microphone. I brought it. Don't get mad at the church. <laughs> For some reason, it's just wanting to, it's finding a, a work. New battery, all that. But we have authority over the prince of the power of the air. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So I've got no respect for illness. Physical, mental, emotional. Amen. No respect for it. Because it comes from the devil. But I have tremendous respect for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is our provision. Glory to God. For every need. Every need. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So why don't you go with me to John's gospel, the fifth chapter. Because something happens when we hear God's truth. Anybody know what happens when you hear God's truth? Something comes. Something comes. Praise God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Amen. Hebrews said, <clears throat> That without faith, it's impossible to please God. Isn't that right? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, wouldn't that be horrible if you just couldn't please God? And you might say, well, I just don't have faith. Well, you can have faith, can't you? Yeah. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It comes when, he, when you hear God's truth. Amen. Now, if we know that it takes faith to receive from God, and the reason we say it takes faith to receive from God is because, once again, God doesn't do life to you. He wants to do life with you. And everything he does, he does by relationship. He does through your heart. If he's going to heal your elbow, he's going to go through your heart. If he's going to heal your knees, he's going to go through your heart. If he's going to heal your pancreas, he's going to go through your heart. If he's going to heal your mind, he's going to go through your heart. Amen? Everything with God is heart to heart. Jesus said in John's gospel, the fourth chapter, that God is a spirit. God is spirit. Amen. God is spirit. They that worship him or they that connect with him, they that communicate, because you could say it this way, if you're going to worship, you're going to communicate with him. The only way you can communicate with God is spirit to spirit. Good news. You're spirit too. Amen. So Jesus said, God is spirit and they that worship him or they that connect with him, they that communicate with him must worship in spirit and in truth. The only way to connect with God is spirit to spirit. He's not a mind. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is not knowledge. Faith is trust. And trust is personal. Trust is a choice. Amen. You can educate yourself and still not believe something. Amen. And you can believe something and really not know it all. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? There's a peace that passes understanding, isn't there? Amen. There's a love that passes knowledge, Ephesians says. Glory to God. There's a lot of things that pass knowledge. But your heart can receive from God. Amen. 
because you choose to believe him over what your head might say, over what, over and above and surpassing what knowledge would ordinarily tell you. Amen? How many times do we, do we find that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God? Well, that doesn't make sense. Amen? Doesn't make sense. Lots of things don't make sense. He, for example, he said, give, and it'll be given to you. Wait a minute, how does that work? If I give, I don't have. If I give, it's gone, not according to God. If you give, it'll be given back to you. I don't know how it works, but it does if you trust him. Amen. So faith is of the heart. God is a spirit. And the good news is that's how we can communicate with him. Praise God. So he does everything through our spirit. So everything we do with God requires faith or trust. Simple trust in him is what's required. But we've overcomplicated that too. And we think, I wonder if I trust him. I wonder if I trust him. I wonder, you know, we're worried about, we're worried about, do I have enough faith? Have I enough? Because faith comes by hearing. Maybe I don't have enough. I just need to keep on hearing and accumulating more and more faith. And eventually someday I'll have enough faith and I'll go, God, is this enough to get my healing? Have I heard enough to get my healing? Will this do it? Like we're accumulating some kind of currency. We got to pay for it. Are you here? You've probably thought that at some point or another. Do I have enough? Do I have enough? But let me help you out tonight. Can we help you? Faith is of the heart. Faith works by love. Amen? Love is in the heart. Faith and love are in the same place. Faith is not knowledge. People say, well, I know I'm healed. I know I'm healed. Well, I know you know you're healed, but do you believe you're healed? Well, I know what Jesus did. I know what Jesus did too, but there's times I have, I just haven't, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on. I know what he provided. I know he can't lie, but faith is not knowledge. So faith and love are in the same place. They're in your heart. They're in your heart. Have you ever noticed, have you ever wondered, you don't look in your heart and go, I wonder if I have enough love today. When it comes to your family or your kids or especially your grandkids, anybody got grandkids? You don't ever wonder, oh, I wonder if I can love my grandkids today. I wonder if there's going to be enough love for my grandkids today. I wonder if I, you don't even think about it. It's just there. Isn't that right? Faith is of the heart. It's not an accumulation factor. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing God's word. It comes by hearing his word. The power is in the word. 
Mark chapter 4, so we're going to get to John 5 in a minute, but I knew where I was. But Mark chapter 4, uh, Jesus talks and is teaching a parable. And he says, he talks about a sower sowing seed. Some seed fell on this kind of ground. Some seed fell on that kind of ground. You know the, the parable I'm talking about. But he said, the sower sows the word. The seed is the word. The power of a seed, of a seed is in the seed already. A tomato plant, the power to be a plant is in the seed. The power to be a cucumber is in the cucumber seed. The power to be corn is in the seed. Amen. It's not in the amount of seed or the accumulation of seed. A whole packet of tomato seeds doesn't make one big tomato. Well, I must need more seed. I just got to pour more seed on it. No, it's a seed. The power is in the seed. So the power is already in the word of God. When you hear it, get it planted in your heart. Faith is there. Jesus said to his disciples when they said, Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would do something with it. See, we're thinking we need more seed. And Jesus said, if you knew, if you had it, you'd just do something with it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So really, with a seed, in order for a seed to grow, you don't keep pouring more seed in the soil. You pour water on it. Isn't that right? It's not more seed. It's more water. So the seed, when you hear God's word, you're watering the seed that's planted. The power is in the seed to become what it needs to become. God's word will not return void. It will accomplish what it is set forth to accomplish. Amen? The power, God has already made the word powerful. So your hearing doesn't make it more powerful. Your hearing is just what plants it in your heart. And waters. We've put so much pressure on the hearing. I wonder if I got enough. I wonder if I got enough. I wonder if I got enough. But the power's in the word. The power's in the seed. God saw to it that even the faith that you need, he gives you when you hear his word. So we know that it says it's impossible to please God without faith. But at the same time, he gives you the faith. If you just listen to his word and hear his word, get it planted in your heart, you get it. Everybody has the same opportunity. Everybody has the same potential. That's good news. Amen? I said, that's good news. Amen. So here in John chapter 5, did you find it? Have you been waiting for me to start? We're already halfway there, praise the Lord. Verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting. Waiting. Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. 
Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Sounds like a pretty awesome place, doesn't it? Amen. Now, I don't know how long that's been going on. I don't know how long this was a, a place that people stayed at, but there's five porches full of people. And Jesus is coming across a man who's been uh, ill for 38 years already. And so in this place, imagine there have been people there a really long time. Right? Again, I don't know how long that, that this has been happening where an angel would stir up the water. But uh, these people really don't even know anything else is going on. Because Jesus comes around and is walking around and nobody even knows who he is. They haven't heard that he's healing people. They don't know anything else is going on. All they know is the water. That's the only method they know about. That's why they're there. You know, yesterday we, we talked about how the people in Luke chapter 6, the Bible says they came to hear him and to be healed. They knew he had something, so they came to be healed. These people at the pool of Bethesda, they knew something was happening there, so that's where they were. They were there for an answer. Amen? So there's an element of expectation there. There's an element of faith, if you will. They believe that that angel, when it stirs up the water, they've seen it time and time again. Whoever gets in first gets whole. Right? And so they know whoever gets in first is the one who gets whole. So you can imagine the kind of place it is. It's not orderly. Right? There, there's no ushers. There's no velvet ropes. There's no line. There's no numbers. Take a number, you're next. No, because it still requires some on the people's part, some response on the people's part, it still requires some response to what's happening there to get in. Because God always moves in some way with a response of faith. So even in this place, there's an element of faith there. That if I get in first, I'll be made whole. I'm going to do what it takes to get in first. Right? That's believing something and acting on it, right? But most likely, that's the only way these people know to get healed. They don't, even, they don't know Jesus has been healing people. They don't know anything else that's going on. So there's five porches full of people. Now, if I were there, I would think that I'm going to be as close to the water as possible. How about you? Right? Because as soon as that water moves, don't you want to be in it, right? Because there's no disputing who gets in first. It's the one who got healed. You can't go, no, I got in first. Well, who got healed? That's the one in first, right? So people are clamoring to get. It's not just one person who gets in. There's probably 50 people at least getting in every time that water stirs up. But only the first one in gets healed. I don't know why. Can't explain all of that. But. People are people. I know human nature, right? It says there's five porches of people there. So not everybody's close to the water. Wouldn't that be true? After a while, there's some people going, you know, I probably never, you know, I'm never going to get in, so I'll just sit in the shade. Get over here where it's comfortable. After all, I never... 
never the first one in. I, you know, discouragement settles in, doesn't it? Pain never brings out the best in anybody. <laughs> never, ever. Pain sometimes is overwhelming just to get comfortable, right? There's times that people have such chronic pain or whatever the issue or whatever the illness is that you just, you just want to get re- just enough relief just to sleep a little while. So they're not looking for the water. They just, they just, I just want some relief somewhere. So human nature being what human nature is, not everybody's got their eyes on the water. Not everybody's looking at it, even though they know that's their answer. Do you know the same thing can happen in church? You can be in the building and think, well, I never get it. I've never, I've never really seen I know God's able. I know he's willing. I've watched him heal people. I've watched him heal other people. But I've never seemed to experience it myself. So I'll just watch. I'll be content just to sit here on the porch and watch God do something for somebody else. Or there's a chronic issue where you seem to get a little bit of victory and then it relapse or something happens and then you get discouraged again. Oh, I thought I had, you know. But again, the devil doesn't play fair. Just because you got healed doesn't mean he's hands off. Amen? There is a fight to faith sometimes. There's contending because there's an enemy. Amen? So there's all these people there. So Jesus shows up at this pool. Again, they don't know who he is. Because everywhere else he goes, they're clamoring to touch him and to be with him and pressing on him. You know, all the multitudes are already around him. And he's walking around and, and it appears that nobody's even noticing. <laughs> so he finds a man. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. <laughs> 38 years. At what point do you think he thought this is, this is uh, you know... This is final. <laughs> this is permanent. At what point do you go, well, this is it? Some people do it after a week. Some people after a year. Some people, you know, I just, why expect anymore? Why try anymore? This has just been this way. But remember, everything in God is forward. Yeah, but, no, forward. Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, forever. Yeah, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, then keep moving forward. Last night we talked a little bit about GPS. Tomorrow uh, I'll be heading to Chicago, flying out of Midway tomorrow afternoon. And uh, so my, my GPS says, you know, approximately two hours to Midway, give or take. Well, I know there's construction down there too, Right? So that may, you know, you got to build in a little extra time for that just in case, you know, and then people can get crazy too. And so, you know, in construction zones. And so you build in a cushion, right? Well, one day I was um, going 
airport to a hotel, and I was going to meet some people at the church at the hotel. And uh, my GPS told me, you know, it was going to be 25 minutes from, I think I was in um, Philadelphia. And uh, so I was going from the airport to the hotel. And so I, I called the people and I said, my GPS says I'll be there in 25 minutes. Well, hung up the phone with them and got in my car and, and got going. And, and about five minutes from the airport, traffic is at a standstill. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's an accident, what it is, but time is ticking away. And I'm starting to feel like, you know, I like to make my obligations. I like to be on time, you know, and all that. And I don't like to be late. And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking, okay, when is this going to get going again? When, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to just like, ah, but you know, I know they didn't move the hotel because I'm not there yet. Just because time has passed and I'm not where I'm yet, the destination has not changed. Amen. We put so much emphasis on time. We sometimes we tell God, well, you know, uh, hands were laid on me on Sunday night, so I'll know by Friday if I got anything. Well, who picked that date? I'll give God five days. seems crazy when you say it like that, doesn't it? But that's what people do. Well, if nothing happens by Friday, I'll know I didn't get anything. But remember, you're not coming to have hands laid on, you're coming to be healed. What'd you come for? Amen. So Jesus sees this man there. 38 years. At what point do you think it's permanent? Well, a lot of people feel like it's permanent you know, within a few days. <clears throat> when Jesus saw him lying there, verse 6, and knew that he'd already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, what's your problem? Why are you here? What did you do wrong? Is that what he said? No, he didn't, did he? What did he say? Do you want to be well? What kind of question in a place like that? Do you want to be well? I mean, you know, we kind of think, well, duh. I'm here. But, you know, not everybody wants to be well. Things change when you're well. Some people don't get the attention they had before or the assistance they had before <laughs> or you know we were ministering to a lady one time and she had issues with her knees and I said no we're going to minister to you and then and then after I ministered to her I said now there was about two or three steps up to the platform kind of like this and I said oh let's go up these steps here and she she looks back and her grandson is there in the in the service and apparently she lives with her grandson or he lives with her or something like that he's an adult and uh, she looks at her grandson and she goes, don't watch. And I thought, well, I need to find out more about this. Why, what do you mean don't watch? And I said, what do you mean don't watch? She says, well, I don't want him to see me able to go up and down the stairs. Because then he'll make me go up and down the stairs at home. <laughs> and I thought, well, seems to me... When you're healed, you won't mind going up and down the stairs. 
right? But she was kind of enjoying not having to go up and down the stairs, even though it was the pain that was keeping her from it. So I said, we've got to deal with this first. Because you want to be more comfortable, but you don't want to be whole. <laughs> so we, we took care of a little bit of that first, you know. And then she did fine. She walked up and down the stairs. She was good. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we won't leave her there. Amen. But she got healed. Praise the Lord. But now not everybody wants to be healed. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Amen. Other people, Jesus said, what do you want? Remember Bartimaeus? Obviously a blind man. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but, you know, if a blind person standing in front of you, you, you can usually tell. And Jesus, the blind man standing right in front of him, he says, what do you want me to do? See, because everything with God is personal. It's personal. He wants to know what's in your heart. Pardon me. <coughs> so he says to this man, do you want to be whole? Do you want to be? Not what are you doing here, not why are you here, but do you want to be whole? Do you want to be well? Now, how many of you know there's really only two acceptable answers to that question? Right? What are they? Yes or no? Hang on one second. So Jesus said, do you want to be, be made well? Verse 7, the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Is that an answer? Is that an answer to the question he was just asked? Do you want to be well? Well, here's why I'm not well. Here's my deal. Because, you know, we all have a deal. Here's why I'm not well. Here's why, you know, I'm amazed how many people, and Pastor Jenny, you can probably attest to this, and Pastor Gary and Shelly as well, and, and I know my mom can, that uh, you'll minister to folks, and then after, even after they're healed, they'll come up to you and tell you how bad it's been. And, you know, well, because I can't sleep at night. And they'll just tell you, all, like, I want to tell you, you know, why it's been so hard for me. I can't sleep at night. I can't eat what I want to eat. Well, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you just get healed? <laughs> well, you know, I can't sleep. I can't do this. I can't. And they keep on. I'm like. So Jesus said, do you want to be well? And the guy goes, well, here's my issue. We all want to be heard. We all want to be, you know. I understand. But he said, every time I try to get in the water, somebody gets in before me. Well, something that does tell me is he's tried. He's not sitting there for no reason. He's tried. And the only way he knows to get healed is to be the, one in the, in the first one in the water. And he's obviously not been that man. He's not been the first one. So he says, I don't understand your question. Do I want to be? I can't get in the water. And so even sometimes today in church, when we lay hands on people, are you ready to receive? Well, you know, I've had this for a long time. Well, people will, you know, I, I've, I've ministered to folks that 
maybe had an issue with their knees or, you know, something with their feet or something. And, and we, we start to walk and I'm like, you know, how, how much better are you feeling? Well, you know, it's, I've had this for 30 years. Well, that doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't. It doesn't have to take 30 years to get well. Amen. Well, the doctor said, you know, that this is going to, going to keep getting worse. They said, because that's the only thing they know. They can't tell you it's going to get better. They have not experience in that. Their experience is in getting worse. Jesus just asked a simple question. Do you want to be well? We've got to be willing to want to be well again. Amen. <clears throat> so Jesus said, do you want to be well? And he says, well, here's basically why I'm not. I can't get in the water first and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus said, get up. <laughs> didn't argue with him. Didn't have a conversation about it. Didn't sit down and have a teaching session. He just said, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Because everything is forward. Today's a new day. Today's a new day. You may not have made a connection yesterday. You may not have made a connection last week. You may have made a partial connection at one time, but today's different. Today's a new day. So Jesus said, get up. And the guy basically went, okay. <laughs> right? Because he got up. He couldn't get up a minute ago. Mean preacher. <laughs> Telling a guy who can't get up to get up. That's so mean. You don't understand. Yeah, I do. <laughs> he told a paralyzed man to get up. Guy came through the roof. And Jesus said, rise. <laughs> told a man with a withered hand to stretch it out. He's so mean. Fine <laughs> man, spit. Spit and put something on, on the eyes of a blind man. He's already blind. And you're covering up his eyes for what reason? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't have to. Now to me, that man that he, he put the clay on his eyes, you know, and told him in the pool of Siloam, remember that man? He's blind, right? And so Jesus covered his eyes. Seriously. What's the point of covering a blind man's eyes? But to me, in my heart, I see it this way. Maybe you do. Maybe open for discussion here. But to me, Jesus putting clay on his eyes and then saying, go wash in the pool of Siloam, you'll come again seeing. can imagine that he's got something over his eyes now. He's going, I wonder if I can already see. Because as soon as I get there and wash this off, I'll be able to see. So the whole way there, he's probably going, I bet I can already see. As soon as I wash this off, I'll be able to see. As soon as I wash this off, I'll be able to see. Jesus got him somehow to hook up with him. Just saying. He looks for a ways to hook up with us. Amen. So Jesus said to that man, get up. And he did. He did. Yeah. You say, yeah, but that was Jesus. But he didn't know who Jesus was. Because later he's going through, 
town and it's the Sabbath day, he's not supposed to be carrying that mat. You know, that's big, big bad news there. Big sin. And so they said, hey, why are you carrying your mat? He said, the guy who healed me, the guy who healed me told me to, to, to carry my mat. And they said, who is that? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> Just got healed from 38 years and didn't even know who healed him. That's pretty awesome. Amen. And so then Jesus sees him later there in the town and going to the temple. He sees him later. And uh, he says to him then, he says, now, go and sin no more. But, you know, he didn't say that before he got healed. He said it after. Jesus never, in ministering to people, dealt with that stuff until after they were healed. We want to clean it all up first, you know. But listen, you're just not at your best when you're sick. Receive God's mercy. Receive his goodness. If there's something he needs to talk to you about, then be open. Amen? But he's not holding back on your healing until you get it all worked out. If there's something, because it's that thing of, where did I open the door? What did I do? And we look inward instead of looking at him, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He just wants to know, do you want to be well? Because I can help you. I can help you. After the fact, now that you're well, let's attend to some things. Amen? Because now you're at your best. Praise God. And if there's something that you need to deal with, amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So whatever you're dealing with, the basic question still is, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Because he is that big and that good and that wonderful. Praise the Lord to make provision. And one of his provision is the laying on of hands. He's so good. Got lots of ways to get things to us. Amen. The Bible says in James, you know, you can call for church and they'll pray over them and anoint them with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. Amen. That's one way. Amen. But it's not the only way that Jesus heals. Matter of fact, when we lay people, most of the time we're not praying. Most of the time, we're just ministering God's healing power. There's a transfer of power with the laying on of hands. Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There's really no mention of prayer in that scripture. Don't have to pray. Different ways, praise God. So maybe your way of connecting with the pool you haven't made that connection yet. So how about another method? Amen? Amen? How about another method? You wouldn't go to the doctor and him say, you know, put you on medication. And then you come back for the follow-up and he says, well, you know, you, know, you find out he's, he's asking you how it's going. Well, I don't seem to be responding to this. And he'll go, well, just, just keep doing it. He might say, well, let's try something else. Amen? And we give the doctors our faith to do it. Okay, let's try something else. But with God, we're like, no, I want it this way. <laughs> well, he's got lots of ways. 
Praise God. We just open up our heart to him. Amen. Come on, let's lift up our hands and thank him right now. Let's thank him right now for his goodness.